Hello, and welcome to the Parental Advisory Movie Podcast. We are your hosts, Jeff Hall and Patrick Terry. We're two dads with a love for movies. Join us as we discuss movies we have seen with our kids, as well as movies we have seen without them. Hello, Patrick, and happy belated fourth. <laughs> happy belated fourth to you too, Jeff. <laughs> yep. Look at that. Was it almost a week later? <laughs> yeah. It's six days. That's fine. Uh, fun times. Um, how's it going? Well, How was right. your holiday? How was your was... week off? <laughs> Um, it was good. Uh, leading up to the fourth, I had ordered a um, air fryer, one of those Ninja okay. the air fryer slash pressure yeah. cookers. So for the holiday, my mom was cooking the whole chicken. So I was like, you know, she wanted to try it out, you know, using it because I told her this pressure cook function. So you can literally put a whole chicken in there as long as it's not too big. And right. so um, I said, all you got to do is season it up, you know, put water, broth, whatever you want to use. And um, so we did that. Um, I ended up getting like a add water error because i didn't put enough you know because all the videos i've watched they put like you know half a cup or a cup right but mm-hmm. and i didn't put enough so I, I practically filled it up halfway and then was able to finish the rest of the way and it came out so tender like it was literally falling off bones and so um so we did the pressure cooking and then we took it out drained the water and did the air fryer so we can get that nice color to it turned out awesome mm-hmm. and, the, and then um Mom added barbecue sauce to it, and um, turned out turned out awesome. Sweet. Yep. And then um, recently, so this Sunday, since I had it, I'm like, all right, I'm gonna cook Sunday dinner. You know, my mom's always cooking, so my yeah. turn. So um, I got some a couple of steaks, about four steaks, because my daughter was here too. So yep, did steak, some roasted potatoes, and some mixed veggies like broccoli, cauliflower, carrots, and then. My mom likes asparagus like I do, so I had some asparagus and put that in the air fryer. So we had that, and everything turned out great. They, they enjoyed it. Um, <laughs> my daughter's like, it was so good, I took a nap afterwards. So that's Shoot. a good sign. That's, <laughs> that's a, good a very sign. good sign. Yes. Yep. And then even my, my sister, she's not really big on steak, but she ate it, and she enjoyed it, too. So I like my nice. air fryer. <laughs> good. So we... Uh... One of the reasons why, other than, you know, holiday or a year, we mm-hmm. usually, we, you and I usually take a break um, unless we have one banked up. Uh, we went visit my mom in Missouri. We, my brother and his family were there just like we usually do every year. Uh, you know, the only difference is first year without our grandparents. So that was different um, experience. Uh, we never drove by their house the entire trip we were there, um, you know, because there's, New people living there now because mom yeah. sold the house and everything. Um, never even thought to go over there, to be honest with you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so apparently the Bed Bath & Beyond was going out of business uh, there in town. I don't know if it's if that's like a nationwide thing or if it's just in town. But right. my mom got a, as I refer to it, a bougie Keurig <laughs> machine. <laughs> and... She, uh, it's basically a, it brews coffee, but then it comes with a frother. Okay. So you put the milk in the, but you can't do, you can't brew the coffee and froth it at the same time. It, the coffee machine apparently does not multitask. <laughs> it's, it's not bougie enough to. <laughs> yeah. Right. I know. But it does have Wi-Fi, and you can download, you download this app to help get set it up. 
And okay. then what it does is on the on the Keurig app, it gives you recipes and stuff on how to make various different drinks, like cafe-style drinks. Yeah. Uh, so, and it has this thing whenever you put the K-cup in and then close the lid, it reads, there's a, if you ever notice on K-cups, there's like a Q, uh, QR code on it. Mm-hmm. It reads the QR code to what, so it knows what what brand it is. And so it brews it to the specific specificities. There we go. That's a word. So that to the very specific, yeah, particular brew of what that company had it intended, which just sounds which just sounds like very pretentious. I'm like, just brew the coffee. <laughs> that, that is bougie. So yeah, I yeah. lost the mark and gained it back. <laughs> exactly. And so you put, and then once you do the frother, you know, and then when you get done, you put, you know, put it in there. It's got this nice little foam on top, yeah. and it looks like something you would get at a coffee house. Looks very nice. So she bought one, and then she's like, "Wow, for this price, really, she get everybody one." So she got my brother one, and she got us one, which is good. I'm very thankful for one. I did kind of look at that one. I've kind of been looking at new ones mm-hmm. because with ours, it doesn't. Even though I've put the cleaner stuff in it, it doesn't want to. Whenever it starts to brew, you could hear like it's supposed to start, like it you know gears up and makes all the noise to make it you know climactic like it's about to start and then yeah. nothing and then you kind of have to top tap the top of the of the uh <laughs> of the keurig thing in order for it to go oh yeah we're supposed to brew and then it starts brewing <laughs> dang gotta use the old or it'll get or it'll get like half yeah or it'll get like halfway and then you know you have to tap it in for it to finish brewing so i'd already kind of been looking at at new ones and I'm glad I didn't get anything because just ended up getting one. So while we were there, I helped set up moms and uh, I helped set up moms and everything. And I was like, man, I I said, how much on sale were they? Because right, I might. It's like if it works real good and it's not too too expensive, I may just buy another one, just take it to work. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, it pretty pretty good small size. No, nah, I mean it's, no, it's, it's big. Okay, it's it's yeah, um, it's. Fairly elaborate, I guess okay. is a good word. But I mean, it's not like ginormous. It's not ginormous, but it's because I had the travel size. I had the Keurig with the travel size, so you could do put your travel mug in there or like mm-hmm. single serve, what they call it, or the the carafe, the pot. So I had that one. That one was fairly big. Okay. So compared to that one, it's a little more compact. I guess but not quite portable. Uh, portable, portable. Yeah, but it's, but yeah, it is. Uh, but it's. I mean, it's fancy for sure. I mean, it's nice. I I really like it. Um. So of course, last night when we, uh, or Saturday, Saturday, yeah, Saturday night, I went ahead and got it set up for it, so I'd have it ready yes for uh, Sunday morning. Okay. So it'd be good to go, and I was all set. I didn't have to spend time setting it up, getting the Wi-Fi all done and whatnot i just went ahead and just did it so but it turned out pretty nice um it's uh yeah i uh i enjoyed it it's 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 very nice and i'm very thankful and very sweet of my mom to do that so um like i said kids had fun we went down silver dollar city we mom rented out a condo down in branson so for three days so we went and did that and we went and did that and uh it was fairly nice place you know I liked it because it had a screened-in back porch, so I was able to go out and 
uh, catch a couple of minutes of, or watch uh, the new season of Jack Ryan. So on Amazon mm-hmm. Prime. So I'm very as as we all know, I'm a huge fan of that show. So I was very stoked. Um, I went out there, watched it by myself when everybody else was doing other things. And uh, yeah, it was nice, pleasant uh, place to stay. And we went like I didn't watch any fireworks. I just stayed in, you know, uh, we had been at Silver Dollar City, which is like a frontier style theme park. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we went, which, you know, we usually go at least once, maybe twice a year. And it was pretty hot out, um, but it went too, too bad. Cause there was at least a decent breeze and we were able to go inside and watch some shows and cool off and everything. But I think Grayson got too hot, and so we kind of Ruth and I stayed home with her while everybody else went out for dinner because you know just wanted to kind of keep an eye on her. She wasn't really feeling it. Mm-hmm. She ate a little bit, and then she went upstairs and went to bed, and then just conked out. So and then Ruth was tired too, so she went to bed. So that's why I got to stay up and watch Jack Ryan. No fireworks. It was great. No boom boom sounds or anything like that that I had to deal with. So lucky yeah. you. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> we had I was been- actually. It's funny that somebody actually doesn't want to go watch fireworks. I'm like, yeah, no, I'm good. And I got to go do what, I, you know, I still got to be patriotic and watch Jack Ryan go kick some butt. So, yeah. Yeah, we, have, we did have fireworks. They didn't fire them as late as they usually do. Mm-hmm. But the day, the morning leading up to, well, the morning of the 4th, around 3 a.m., heard some pow pow, but it wasn't fireworks. Oh. <laughs> so I was like great and then after they had finished the fireworks that day about 4 a.m the next morning here's more pow pow but plus some cars tire screeches i'm like the world is going on jeez and uh so i'm like i wish i went to sleep early i wouldn't have heard it yep (laughs) but um right yeah I, i never understand that part of everything but um yeah uh i don't you bring that up so it's interesting because <clears throat> where they so when um night of the fourth they went out you know they, like i said everybody else went out to dinner mm-hmm. they went to guy fieri's down on branson ah. landing yeah so uh yeah. got to go have some meat sweats they were happy so <laughs> we they uh but on their way they were getting ready to leave and somebody comes running in and goes they shot Chaz, man it's like someone called 911 they cut they shot Chaz. Apparently, some dude got shot out in the parking lot at Guy Fieri's. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. So, not even at Branson Landing, are you safe? Damn. I'm like, well, now, did he get shot because he did something wrong, or did he get shot because someone found out his name was Chaz? That <laughs> sounds like a reason why you might get shot. <laughs> so, at least in Branson. Yeah. Chaz? Yeah. Uh, give me oh, that. <laughs> oh, hell, hell no. Yeah. I don't know why, no, but I just want to do not, this. Yeah, yeah, no. We're helping you out, dude. <laughs> you're such a chat no, yeah the <clears throat> anyways person the no, suspect left so they didn't had left the scene and so they weren't like everybody else in the family i guess was like all like oh my god oh my god and my mom and my and my son and you my mom and york are just kind of in the back like yeah let's go <laughs> like we're just yeah. kind of moseying out to the car yeah all out. right well he's left and you don't hear any more gunshots so let's go <laughs> Exactly. We don't we don't stay around for this stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we flee. <laughs> yeah, we don't worry about Chaz, all right? Mm-hmm. Chaz got people. <laughs> yep. Chaz got an ambulance on the way. We ain't worried. Yeah. <laughs> it was pretty funny, though. 
uh, I mean, that part's not funny, but just everybody else saying, yeah, but York's like, yeah, no, we just shake it out. We just, you know, we're just, we're perfectly calm, but everybody else is like freaking out. So I said, that surprises me about my mom. Doesn't surprise me about you for some reason. Yeah. But (laughs) (laughs) but I heard a little bit. Um, and of course, Ruth and I weren't there to help <laughs> render any kind of aid. Yeah. <coughs> so we, uh, but yeah, it's whatever. Um, there we had a good time down there and they got a little shopping done the next day and then we came home and then, oh no, we went to the Branson Bell, which is kind of like the Andrew Jackson. Mm-hmm. Basically it's the same thing. It's, I think it's even owned by the same company, to be honest, I think. Uh, but it's just a showboat, you know, they do dinner. Do dinner up and down a lake or, you know, up and down a river. And I guess for showboat, it's a lake. But for us, I think it's the Cumberland River. So, yeah. but, you know, they go up and down and, you know, they're singing, dancing and air quotes with comedy. And um, kids loved it when we went for Thanksgiving last year. And so we, that was like the thing Grayson was looking forward to the most. So we uh, went back this year, went bad. Enjoyed it. The food's delicious. Yeah. <coughs> Food is delicious. And then we, uh, yeah, we came back the next day, kind of chilled and did a couple of things. And then, boom, before you know it, we're driving back. Yeah. Didn't watch a single movie because nobody wanted to see Indiana Jones. So I was on my own on that one. And, uh, yep. So that was it. And then I had to watch it yesterday. So it's all good. All in all, good time. And glad to be back, though. More importantly, always glad to be back after <laughs> afterwards. Because uh, I love my mom, but every time I go back, it's a reminder of why I left. So yeah, you know, it's probably the same. Brad Pitt, Brad Pitt probably feels the same way. <laughs> it's like like coming back to see your mom, but every time I come back, it's a reminder why I left. <laughs> uh, it's not for me, but you know, uh, I'm glad it is for some that side stay. Yeah. So, as I told one person, you know, that chapter of my life is closed. Moving on. All right. Uh, let's get into it. Trailers. New trailer for Scorsese's new movie, Killers of the Flower and Moon. I'm still not sure what to think of it yet. I'm sure it'll be beautiful. I'm sh- as long as it's not four hours long, then I think we're good. Yeah. Subtract one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Carry the remainder. Yeah. <laughs> Um, that comes out in October to theaters, uh, even though it's produced by Apple. Uh, next, we have Red, White, and Royal Blue coming to Amazon Prime, which looks like a lifetime rom-com, mm-hmm. but on Amazon Prime, and it's also rated R, so I'm not really sure. Uh, but it follows the son of an American president that gets into trouble with the royal family over at uh I'm gonna butcher that one. Did not hype that one up well enough. There we go. The son of the American president sparks a feud with Britain's prince. Um Uma Thurman's about the only person in it that I recognize. Clifton Collins Jr. Okay. And of course Stephen Fry's in it. Everybody else are people I don't recognize. Written and directed by Matthew Lopez. So that is coming to Prime August 11th. Next, I'm sure you've seen this. There is a the sequel to The Nun, 
The yeah. Nun 2, or The Nun Ill, I can't really tell. The Nun Ill. The, 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 <laughs> the Nun Ill. The Nun Ill. No, 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 no. Ill Nun. Ill Nun, Nun, Nun. Nineteen fifty-six, France. A priest is murdered, and evil is spreading. The sequel to the worldwide smash hit follows Sister Irene as she once again comes face to face with Valak, the demon nun. So yeah, that's uh, definitely gonna be me and Kala. <laughs> Tasia reprises her role as Sister Irene, and Bonnie Aarons as the nun. Storm Reed is gonna be in it. Just her character's just called unknown, so I'm curious. And let's see here. That to me is saying that she's not gonna be in it long. Yeah, probably. <laughs> probably. Uh, that comes out September the eighth. And then, uh, and of course, we have Dune Part Two. Yep. Because you know, yeah, it. Paul Atreides unites with with the Chani and the uh, Freeman who seek revenge against the conspirators who destroyed his family. This follow-up will explore the mythic journey of Paul Atreides as he unites with Chani and Freeman while on a warpath of revenge against the conspirators who destroyed his family, facing a choice between the love of his life and the fate of the, of the known universe. He endeavors to prove to prevent a terrible future only he can foresee. It looks okay. But then again, I thought the first one looked okay. Yeah. So we'll see. Um, I don't know, man. <laughs> it's just, it's going to be another hard watch, I think. And I'm really yeah. trying to get on board. I really want to like this movie. It just, or this that, franchise. Because I actually like the original yeah. 84 version. Because I watched that first before <clears throat> watching Dune and. I don't know, like even it's, it's kind of like the Spider-Verse situation where I kind of while watching it forgot this was the first parter. So when it got to the end, I was like, huh, OK, because with, with Dune, like when they said, oh, this is only the beginning. And I felt like that was an odd thing to say. And then credits, I'm like, what? <laughs> so, I mean, it looked great visually, you know, long, you know, visuals is pretty to look at. <laughs> and then we'll get to see a little more of Zendaya's character because she wasn't really much in the first one. So. Yeah. Get her character fleshed out a little more, and um, not that kind of fleshed out. That's a different yeah. movie. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's Champions. Yeah, so not as fleshed out as that, but yeah. maybe we'll get some more information about her and see how she becomes the love of his life in such a short time. Unless there's a time jump. Right. Yeah. Look <sighs> yeah. at all House of Dragons with it, and there's a time <laughs> jump. <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh. I was gonna mention the trailer when so. Probably next week I'll talk about what we want to see Insidious. They're at door. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like next week, but during that they showed a trailer for a movie called Cobweb, which is supposed to release the 21st of this month. So I'm not sure. That's the first trailer I've seen. But basically, it's um, horror strikes when an eight-year-old boy named Peter tries to investigate the mysterious knocking noises that are coming from inside the walls of his house and a dark se- secret that his sinister parents kept hidden from him. And it stars uh, Lizzie Kaplan, Anthony Starr. Uh, you know, from the boys, uh, Cleopatra Coleman, and then uh, Woody Norman. It looks interesting. <laughs> and Patrick Wilson, because he's just in all these. Yep. But it looks interesting. It's like the parents are crazy and they they're hiding something, and yeah, 
I think it's again another one right up me and Kyle's alley. Yeah. It's an hour and twenty eight minutes. So sweet spot. Oh, there you go. One last, oh, yeah. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's the only one that I've seen this week that looked interesting. Yeah, I forgot about that one actually because I saw it last week, but I forgot to write it down. Uh, literally just dropped this morning, like mm-hmm. an, not even an hour ago, maybe. Ridley Scott's Napoleon. Mm, I mean, heard that. that. Yeah, yeah. With Joaquin Phoenix as Napoleon mm. Bonaparte, which to me, I don't, I'm not sure how tall Joaquin is. Um, but I'm about to find out. <laughs> but Napoleon's like a short, short man. Um, his camera angles. <laughs> Yeah, I guess. Because usually, oh, five foot six. So he's like three inches short, give or take. Still not short enough for Napoleon, but they'll figure it out. <laughs> no, I, actually, that's how tall Napoleon is. Oh, really? Um, sorry, I looked up the wrong one. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Um, oh, okay. Joaquin Phoenix is five foot eight, so he's only like two inches taller. Wow, he's my height. Okay. I don't know why. He just seems like he's like six foot. But... I forgot it. I forgot actors aren't really tall. Known for being tall. Tall about how they placed them in the frame. Because <laughs> I think Tom Cruise is only like five six. Oh my god, we should start playing a game. How tall is this actor? <laughs> <laughs> Indoor actress. Uh, any guesses? How tall Tom Cruise is? I mean, he seems small. You probably about your height. <laughs> Maybe a little he shorter. Five foot seven. Five seven. Wow. Yep, I'm like five eight and a half, depending on how tall my hair gets. Yeah. <laughs> and your insoles. You're right. You. <laughs> uh, always. Uh, it might be interesting. Um, if you're just curious, just because the next one was how tall is Tom Holland? Tom Holland and I are the exact same height. All right. Yep. Five, eight and a half. Five, eight and a half. Yep. So Tom Holland is an inch taller than Tom Cruise. Well, Adam Driver. Oh, Adam Driver. I am Adam Driver. So like he would be tall as well. I am tall. I am six foot two, but my eyes are not blue. <laughs> I wonder how tall his ears are compared to his. Never mind. That was. Oh, which reminds me, uh, if you haven't seen Sixty Five, it is now available on Netflix. There you go. Weird segue. Okay, uh, getting back to Napoleon. <laughs> uh, Ridley Scott's Napoleon is uh, the film is an original and personal look at Napoleon Bonaparte's or- origins and his swift, ruthless climb to emperor, viewed through the prism of his addictive and often volatile relationship with his wife and one true love, Josephine. This movie will be available Thanksgiving, November 22nd. Only in theaters. He came from nothing. He conquered everything. Napoleon. That's the tagline on the poster. In case anybody cared. Uh, <coughs> yes, uh, Vanessa Kirby will be playing Josephine. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix plays Napoleon. We're going to have uh, fun pronouncing some of these French names. So when you get started now. Start looking up interviews and how are they saying their name? <laughs> Sound it out. And that's, uh, yep, that's all I got as far as trailers, which, you know, five trailers, six, including yours. 
All right, I guess we're getting into our featured. Would you mind doing the honors of giving the the summary for Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny? Righty. So, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny released. So, it has a runtime of two hours, 34 minutes. Directed by James Mangold, who also directed Logan and The Wolverine, which I didn't realize that until I was looking this up. I'm like, oh, all right. Um, but uh, archaeologist Indiana Jones races against time to retrieve a legendary artifact that can change the course of history. So I thought it was interesting. They started off with a flashback, went back to 1944, where Indy and... Um, Basil Shaw have been captured by the Nazis as they attempt to retrieve the Lance of Longinus. Or, yeah, Longinus. Long- yeah, it, what yeah. you said. Yeah. <laughs> but um, they have a, um astrophysicist, Jürgen Voller, who informs them that this Lance is a fake, but also says that he has half of Archimedes' um, dial, which is the and Antikythera, Antikythera. Mm-hmm. Yep, you had it. Mechanism, which um, basically has a way to predict things or may have some effect on time, give or take. And um, but of course, as all as all happens, Indiana Jones finds a way to get out of this situation. Um, of course, they have a younger Indiana Jones, so they end up. I don't know if they did like the agent or if they did deep fake, but. In certain scenes, it's kind of obvious where it looks almost like a video game cutscene. Facial expressions are a little stiff, kind of got the dead eye. But um, of course, you know, Harrison Ford's older. He can't do a lot of the action stuff. So it makes sense for them to do that. But um, through the course of this train sequence, there's some action. Um, Bottom line, Indiana and Basil ends up escaping with the dial. And um, Jurgen gets knocked off the train because they're on top and he gets hit by a sign, which to me, I feel like should have killed him. <laughs> it's kind of what I thought, too. I was like, dang, his role wasn't very big in this movie. Right. Like, oh, he's dead. <laughs> but, you know, can't have a movie without your bad guy. Yep. So, but um, after this. Well, and huh. part of that was, too, I'm like, well, maybe there's a different bad guy. Maybe it's like a uh, maybe it's like a Hitchcock psycho situation where, you know, you hype up the you hype up who the character is. You have a, you get a big name, mm-hmm. and then they're only in it for like fifteen minutes in the movie, right? And then the real villain is somebody else, or the real character, you know, lead is somebody else. It's it's yeah. a uh, it's deception. There we go. That's the word. Because yeah, I think for the most part, when they showed, I mean, Max Mixon pretty much looks the same, similar. Like he looks slightly younger in the flashback, but still enough to where when they show stuff in the trailer, you wouldn't pick up on. Well, and it looked like he hit his face or his head on that thing. Yeah. Whenever he hit it. So that's why I'm like, there's no scars. There's no, like, nothing. Yeah. I was like, all right, man. (laughs) Yeah. Shooting good genetics. (laughs) Right. Superior Um, grace, maybe after all. (laughs) Jeez. That was bad. I'm sorry. (laughs) So, so after this sequence, uh, we flash forward to 1969. Indiana Jones has reached his retirement at um, uh, Hunter College, so they have a little celebration for him. And um, dude, that scene when he wakes up in the chair and stands up, I'm like, damn man, Harrison Ford's yeah, 
old man. <laughs> old, old, old man. man, but you know what? He still looks old good. Man. Yeah, old man, but still in shape. Yeah, like it's just, all right. And you know, for someone that at the release of the film was only like a couple weeks shy of turning 81. Wow. <laughs> I mean, for 81, he looks great. Yeah, he does. Oh, for 61, he looks great. <laughs> <laughs> True. But, um, so, no, he's getting ready for retirement. He's pretty much done with everything. He's ready to just sit down and just see what else is left for his life. And then his uh, goddaughter, Helena, pops up. And he went to the bar and she shows up saying that she wants to study the dial that they have. But, you know, Indy warns her, it's like, you know, this is something that drove your dad insane trying to figure out how it works. So he suggests, you know, against it. And then we get introduced to, you know, the reveal that um, Jurgen somehow survived that head trauma. But um, he's got people working for him. CIA apparently is in the list. And, He's got his people with this one agent, which unfortunately is not there for a long time. You know, I wish they could have kept her for, you know, wish she was wish she was involved more. But I mean, she did great as far as what she had working for. Um, let's see. So basically, the thing is this dial. That's the thing it, for the movie. It's that the thing. After it's the thing. The MacGuffin. The Mac- Yep. And so apparently, the dial that they have is only half, and so they got to figure out. What I found interesting in this is like you have your action sequence. To get away from the bad guys, when you think they're making some kind of progress, then bad guys just pop up. <laughs> no matter where they are, they just yep. pop up. Um, but um, most of the action is more for Helena, even though Indy does have a sequence where he's riding a horse or on horseback. Yep. And um, through a parade. Yeah, through a parade and down in the subway. Uh, so, I mean, I mean, I guess it was okay. I mean. It's obvious they had to use some effects to show Harrison Ford yeah. riding his horse. You know, even though he's able, I don't know if he'd been that able to ride the horse. <laughs> um, well, he was—it was good to see he was able to get back up on it, though. <laughs> <laughs> Just one last ride. Literally one last ride. Yeah, <laughs> it's, fast. it's it's Harrison Ford's <laughs> Fast and Furious. <laughs> it's only got one horsepower, though. <laughs> um. Let's see. So all this leads up to him. Basically, Helena escapes with the with the thing. Yeah. Because she's she's um she's not really interested in researching. She's more into selling artifacts for money. Yep. And of course, Indiana's always like, you know, this stuff needs to be in a museum. He's not about profiting off of it. He's trying to put everything back where it's supposed to be instead of people just doing their nefarious well, schemes. Put it back where it's supposed to be after he's taken it from where it was supposed to be. Oh yeah, you know. <laughs> It's he's no saint. He's no, he's not like returning it back to where they found it. He's, I mean, it's the whole part of being an archaeologist. You dig up everything and then well, you want to take it away from bit. where it's supposed to be to go put it in a museum. Yeah, but. studied a little bit, then put it somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he follows her, they end up in the Tangier. Yeah, that's Tangier. Yeah, so he follows her to Tangier and she's basically ready to auction off this. Auction it off to the highest bidder, and so well, he interferes because she, yeah, because she's she owes money. Because she owes money. <laughs> yeah, so she's she's in a bind, and this is going to get her out of that bind. <laughs> and um, but he prevents it, and then I think the one thing that kind of bothered me they had they she has a lover, <laughs> that lover side story in this that I yeah. feel like if they took it out probably wouldn't have made a difference. 
you know, I didn't it's, understand it. <clears throat> it was like, I thought it was, I feel like they, they, somebody's got to have some kind of love interest. So we'll just put this in there and you didn't but need there was it. no scenes for a love interest type thing. No. It was just kind of actually taught. It was basically placed in there so that to show that she would go to a lot of extremes to get, to get sell. these things that she can sell and make money. Yeah. I mean, she's all about selling artifacts on the black market to the highest bidder. Yeah. Because essentially, <laughs> after her dad died, she had nobody to raise her because Indy didn't come and help her. So she had to more or less think on her feet and uh, and make do with what she can. And what and what she could do was basically grift people. That was kind of just her life growing up. So it just as she got older, the grifting got more <laughs> elaborate, I guess. Yeah, that like instead of a love interest, should have just been someone she stole from. Like she yeah. sweet talked him. You know, not like he was actually in love. It's like, just, right. you stole from me. You know, I yeah. thought we had something, but you stole from me. That should right. have been the folks. You stole from me. I'm coming to kill you. It's not because you, you know, broke my heart. No, it's because you stole from me. Right. Exactly. <laughs> That's what it could have been. But um, she has um, a teen sidekick, Teddy, who's kind of like her partner in crime. Her short round. Yeah. Yeah. Because Which, their story their story is the exact same as Indy's in short round story. That is true. You know, he, he pretty much handles all the driving, you know, whatever little things that Indy didn't want to do, Short Round did. So in this case, Helena's Teddy does that. Yeah, I agree. And um, I like the little little chase sequence in the car. That was that was cool. Yeah. Kind of quirky, cheesy. You More know. of a cart. <laughs> it's like oh, yeah. a little three-wheeler cart type buggy. thing. It's really weird. Little buggy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, of course, Indy's not too happy with her doing what she's doing. But, you know, like you said, he wasn't in her life, so he really doesn't have much say on what she does as an adult. She just had to do yeah. what she had to do to survive. And, you know, this leads them to, well, Jurgen and his people gets their hands on the dial. And so, do they get it back before they get on the boat? Because <laughs> I, I, it's been a week since I watched this. Right. Um, <laughs> no. Uh, no, they don't, because they're able to, because they know what's, no, they do. Jurgen and them have the dial, and then they have to. But uh, they were able to figure out where this map thing is, or whatever. Yeah. And they're able to, fi- you know, through her dad's notes and everything. They have another thing they have to find. <laughs> yeah. Thing of the thing for yep. the thing. So it's interesting because one thing I did, did read was it's interesting that the MacGuffin turns out to be the actual. It's not the thing to start the story. It is the story. It's the thing that starts the story, but it's also the story. Yeah. It's not like, well, this is the thing we this is the plot device we're gonna use to help move the story forward. This plot device happens to also be integral to the story. And, you know, we are gonna stick with this MacGuffin, which is turns out it's not just a MacGuffin, it's also the thing we need in the story and is an integral part to the story. Yeah. Which was an interesting observation um and it was true that's the like the entire time I'm like oh yeah okay i see it now that makes 100 percent sense um but yeah they have to go and they get on a boat and they have to go dive and it's interesting i, I found what i one of the things i found interesting about the movie is their use of i don't want to say cameos because they're in it for longer than like just a split second or yeah. you know but they're only in, the cameos that are in it are in, only in it for like a scene, maybe two. So right. it's technically a supporting role, but it's very limited supporting roles. 
Yeah. When you get people like um, Antonio Banderas to come on to play a ship captain. Yeah. He's not in it that much, but he is. No. I'm like, you I mean, I'm, I, I enjoyed watching them, but I was also like, y'all probably could save some money to get somebody else, you know, <laughs> just saying just to get, I mean, he, he, he's basically there to provide the boat to help them right. achieve this other thing from the, the deep yeah, sea the deep. deal. I'm yeah. like, oh man, please tell me they're not getting in some like 1960s <laughs> some <laughs> some merciful thing to go right. I, I was like, no, I, I was like, no, I've already seen this. Yeah, <laughs> I've already seen this one play out. But no, they they were using like uh, in the it little suits. masks with the hoses and everything like that to yeah. go essentially deep sea diving and to go find the thing. And instead of, I did like one of the things I, I did like was that the fact instead of, cause you know, we all know those of us have watched these Indiana Jones movies knows Indy has a fear of snakes. Mm-hmm. Well, how are we going to incorporate that into this movie in a fresh, different kind of way? I know we'll put them in water. There are no sharks. They're just eels, which, yeah. you know, essentially are water like, snakes. Yeah. <laughs> just water snakes. He gets swarmed by. I'm like, man, sucks for yeah. him. <laughs> yep. So, it was, <laughs> so I thought that was a really cool, inventive way to do that, and kind of draw on, draw on that still that same fairies had uh, yeah. snakes, and now it's just they can electrocute you, and they're in. And they're, so it is interesting. Yeah, it's. Um, I don't feel like any of the comedy was forced in it. In this movie, I, I, I kind of like that. Felt pretty natural. It, it, it still, yeah, it felt pretty natural. The tone stays lighthearted, mm-hmm. like you know, like Raiders and like Last Crusade. Obviously, Temple of Doom is a much darker movie. Um, yeah, but even I'm trying, I'm trying to go back and watch Crystal Skull. I'm trying. I've never uh, watched that. Like, and I, and I realized I hadn't even watched um, Last Crusade because I started watching it this week. I still haven't finished it. I'm like, oh, I haven't watched this one. <laughs> Oh really? But I, but I but I've watched Temple of Doom and that's and uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark multiple times, and to the point where I was like, I thought Temple of Doom was first, but that's just because the timeline yeah. in that movie is before Lost, right. Raiders of the Lost Ark. So so I, I like being able finding that out. And um, but yeah, so I've only watched the first two, and okay. I'm about maybe not quite halfway through Last Crusade. I got to where he learned his dad was the reason that they come for him to try to help them. Right. So I've gotten that far. So Harrison Ford is 20 years older than Sean Connery was when Sean Connery played his father in Last Crusade. That's wild. That's wild. (laughs) They made it work. Yep. (laughs) They did. And, uh, well, at least Harrison Ford in this movie, sorry, is 20 years older than Sean Connery was when Sean Connery played his dad in Last Crusade, which came out in 89, I believe. Um, so it, it, and so I on the drive back from Missouri, I walked. I listened to um, the Unspool podcast, podcast, which I really enjoy, with mm-hmm. Paul Shear and Amy Nicholson. And one of the episodes I listened to, knowing I was going to go see this, was their uh, was the episode where they talked about Temple of Doom. Mm-hmm. And Temple of Doom's never really been like one of my favorites, but after listening to that episode, and then later that one after we got home, I rewatched it. Yeah. After listening to the episode. I have a new kind of appreciation for it. You know, of course, as older, I, you know, you kind of appreciate either you Watch like or either like something more or you just dislike it even less. Kind of yeah. like watching Spawn. Every time I watch Spawn, I'm like, nope, I'm just not going to like this movie. <laughs> it's just not going to happen every time. I'm going to try it again. Nope, still don't like this movie. Yeah. Um, 
But uh, but Temple of Doom, on the other hand, I think definitely holds up. It is definitely a darker movie because of all the stuff that was going on with Spielberg and Lucas. Um, I think Lucas had gotten divorced and Spielberg's partner had left at the time. No, Spielberg had gotten a divorce and Lucas's partner had left. So they both were in kind of like this, I don't want to say downward spiral, but they yeah. both weren't in a place where they were going to make place. more fun, lighthearted, you know, like Raiders movie. They were, in, they were both kind of in a darker place. They made this darker toned movie known as Temple of Doom. Yeah. And yeah, it was pretty, I mean, it's pretty noticeable when you watch this and Especially but it's the still end. beautifully shot though. Like it's yeah. the cinematography and it's just outstanding. I'm like, I don't think I really noticed that as much, you know, watching in previous viewings. Cause I was just more like, oh, this was the lesser. No, it's just different. Cause it's just a yeah. darker tone and a darker thing. This one's definitely less for kids. This is the, Temple of Doom's the reason for the PG-13 rating. <laughs> however, however, the first PG-13 movie that came out was Red Dawn. So, okay. um, yeah, common misconception. One that I think you and I mentioned on a previous episode. Um, but, yeah, no, Temple of Doom was not the first rated PG-13 movie, but it was the reason why they created a PG-13 rating. Because it's either PG or R, and they're like, well, this movie really kind of falls somewhere in the middle. <laughs> yeah. And, and an interesting discussion they had on their episode was name a solid PG movie that has come out since, say, 2000. Most of them are either PG-13 or R. Like, all the Marvel movies are PG-13. Yeah. I was like, huh, I hadn't really thought about it. I'm like, I'm sure if I dig, I could probably find one, but... Like off the top of my head, I don't know what half the ratings are anymore because I don't really pay don't attention too much until up. we start talking about it. You don't know. There's not too many just PG. This is like animated. animated. Yeah, they're yeah. not animated. Yeah. Hmm, that'd be an interesting little it rabbit is, hole to go down. Right? That might be one I'd try one day. But <laughs> it, is, it was fascinating, though. Good episode. If you haven't had a chance, I would definitely. I love Unspool because I learned a lot of things. Um, anyways, uh, getting back to our feature. So. This movie does a lot of good things right. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of the negative f- feedback on this movie was that it's too, as they, as some people refer to it, woke. I hate that fucking term, like, so much. I don't really feel it, like, as it's, like, a woke piece. It just has, this is the first one where there's a female in it. Yeah. It's, like, a supporting lead, I guess. A co-lead, maybe. Yeah. But I still I mean, feel like this is still Indiana Jones's movie. It is. And then, like, obviously, physically... There's a lot that Harrison Ford can't do, so it makes yeah. sense to bring to in somebody that, at least, it's somebody that's connected to a character that you know, someone he knows. So, right, you still have ties to the past in that way, and you know, it allows her to. I don't know if it's maybe setting her up for something later, or right. it's just for this movie. You know, we need action, but we can't have him do all this stuff, so we need somebody that can do it. <laughs> yeah, pretty and, much. Yeah, that I don't, I don't. Yeah, and I don't feel like it was, like, uber-feminist, like, you know. No. I, I just feel like they just, a char- the character, like, I feel like everything the character does, you believe that she can do. Like, it's yeah. not, like. I mean, they could have at least literally made his child a, a son instead of a daughter. Right. You know, it could have had that be the case, right. and it still would have been the same thing. It's just, she's. And this you know. movie does acknowledge uh, Harrison Ford's son yeah. who played who was played by Shia LaBeouf and Crystal Skull 
and explains, you know, kind of why the character is not in this movie. Yeah. And Karen Allen does reprise her role as Marion um, in the movie. So that was a nice. So she's been in almost every movie. I think, uh, obviously, Temple of Doom she wasn't in because during that time, you know, that time that they were apart. Yeah. Um, and then she wasn't in The Last Crusade. So, so she was in three out of five. <laughs> but it was still good to see her back and everything. And uh, Jonathan Reese Davies reprising his role as Sala. And the studio actually said that they would, um, he said that uh, they tried to, you know, have, have him come back during the wedding scene mm-hmm. in uh, Crystal Skull, but they, f- you know, he didn't want to because he felt that his character had more to offer than just, you know, popping up in a wedding. So he, he didn't come up. back for that. He just pops up in this one. <laughs> well, he, he, but he had, had a little more. What, three different scenes. <clears throat> yeah, he had a little so, more going on. It has a little bit of a purpose in it. So true. Um, but there's but, actually a character arc from the, from the, from Last Crusade to this one. So. Okay. So I got to watch that. So then yeah. I'm not, they're not, you know, fill in that, that gap. Right. Um, I was reading where the Miriam character originally possibly in this, because Spielberg was directing it first and he stepped down. That's when they brought in Mangold. James Mangold. And um, apparently in the script, when Spielberg was, had may have had her more involved and then she's kind of got a lesser role when Mangold took over. But she says she never got to read the script, so I don't know if that's true or not. True, sure that was. Yeah, I'm not not sure. But um, not, it might have been pre-production before they even had fully had a script too, though. Yeah, but yeah, but I but I enjoyed it. I liked it. Um, considering I hadn't seen anything since Temple of Doom, um, went in this open-minded to it. The only issue was the the wonky facial stuff during the young Indiana Jones scenes during the flashback. So I was just watching. I was like. I could tell, but I mean, still, it was yeah. for, it was it was decent. It, it wasn't terrible. Better than CGI babies from the Flash. <laughs> yeah, true story. Uh, so on uh, <clears throat> back in 2015, uh, Harrison Ford was talking about you know them digitally de-aging him for the flashback sequences. Mm-hmm. So they had this artificial intelligence program that can go through every foot of film that Lucasfilm owns. Because I did a bunch of movies for them, they have all this footage, including film that was that wasn't even printed. So they can mine it from where the light is coming from, uh, from the expression. I don't know how they, he's like. I don't know how they do it, but it's but that's my actual face. And then I put on little dots on my face and say the words, and they make it. He's yeah. like, it's fantastic. So, so at eighty at the time, you know he. The oldest actor to be de-aged in a movie surpassing Al Pacino, who was 79 when he was de-aged for The Irishman in 2019. Um, I mean, he still looked good. It's just certain points you could tell, which right. is why a lot of the a lot of time they showed his face, they kept shadows, like kept it dark, where you could see see a little yeah. bit of his eyes and mouth. You know, they kept the scenes pretty dark, so it was a little easier to hide. But, but yeah, um, but yeah, it is a it's a fun ride. I mean the because it takes you all over just like most like several Indiana Jones. It's kind of like a James Bond movie that way that it takes you all over the several different places. The only thing it's two hours, 24 minutes long. I think 20 minutes could be cut. You could, there's, I think what three different car chase scenes of sorts. And like one of those can be cut out. I was like, Oh look, it's another car. I mean, 
I mean, literally that whole scene with the boyfriend could have cut that whole out and yeah. just had them chasing the bad guys to get away. And then they try to figure right. out how to catch them. Boom. Because <laughs> that yeah. just, I don't know, just, it's still, it just kind of distracted me. The whole time I'm watching this scene, like, why is this dude chasing her? Why is this slot? Why? <laughs> this yeah. doesn't need to be here. <laughs> Let's learn more about Teddy. Right. <laughs> it was, but yeah, I, uh, but it was a fun ride. I mean, yeah. that's, I was like, oh, this is, and I wasn't really sure what to expect. I was probably like, I think for the most part after, Thick Crystal Skull, I was like, I, we just need to, this just needs to be over. We just need to not do this anymore. Because yeah. the first half, you know, of Crystal Skull was okay. And then they kind of jumped the shark or, you know, jumped the ball, came rolling down over Indy, <laughs> whatever. Um, but he tried to reach yeah, for his hat. I, and just it- like, I wasn't I wasn't pumped about this movie. And honestly, even going into it, I was like, yeah, it's an Indiana Jones movie. It'll be fine. Yeah. And I enjoyed it more than I thought it would because it turned out to be a little bit better than what was expected. And I wasn't – the third act was still a little problematic, I guess is a good yeah. word for it. Um, yeah. Much like Crystal Skull, but I wasn't annoyed. I wasn't like like mad. I wasn't like raging. <laughs> like I was – Chris. I go, are you serious with this? Seriously, I mean, this is what this whole movie's been leading up to. There's some I mean, bullshit. It was interesting though, because I was I wasn't expecting them to to go that route. Yeah. With, with the device, I'm like, hmm. Right. I didn't. Then I was curious, like, okay, so where is this going to end up? You know, how what's going to happen? You know. But um, yeah, I walked out and I was like, oh, that was fun. Yeah. You know, it's. And I was like, York would have liked this if he would have just come with me. Yeah. I think. Because, I mean, you know, Indiana Jones trying to retire, like I'm done with this stuff. And then Goddaughter comes in and says, nope, got another ride. <laughs> Pull me right back in. Yep. <laughs> I was ready to be the grumpy old man. but All right. There you go. So, although the movie is being released 42 years after Indiana Jones and Raiders of the Lost Ark, it is set in 1969, only 33 years after the original 1936 setting. Yep. This is directly in tandem with the series' revised timeline established in Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of Crystal Skull in 2008. It just seems like, still that movie seems like it was like 2015, 2018. Like it seems like it's been a little bit newer than that, but it's actually quite a bit older. Uh, it was released 12 years ago and is set in 1957. And the final installment takes place in 1969. So, but I did like the references because it did reference other movies or the other movies. Like it definitely referenced uh, Temple of Doom, which I really liked that one. I was like, oh, I get that one. It's yeah. Like, oh, I get that reference. But yeah. Um, oh, and then uh, so in November last year, the inter- uh, entertainment magazine Empire reported that antagonist Jürgen Volder, uh, played by Mads Mikkelsen, is a former and possibly current Nazi uh, modeled on the real-life rocket scientist and ex-Nazi Werner von Braun. Co-screenwriter Jez Butterworth explained the simple fact that the simple fact is that the moon landing program was run by a bunch of ex-Nazis. How ex they are is the question. Werner von Braun was best known for was best known of about 1,600 Nazi scientists and other technicians who were brought to the United States after World War II in a secret intelligence program called Operation Paperclip. The director of the Marshall Space Flight Center in Huntsville, Alabama, von Braun, 
led the project to develop the Saturn V rocket that ultimately enabled the Apollo mission to reach the moon. His American fame was partly due to a Disney TV show that showcased him as a hero of the space race. Before his death in the mid-70s, his membership in the Nazi party had usually been explained away as political expedience. But in more recent years, his Nazi involvement has come under closer scrutiny. Shocker. As with the Saturn V, he had been the main architect of the Nazi military rocket program and was instrumental in designing the V-2 rockets that killed thousands of Allied civilians. Moreover, those rockets were manufactured in brutal underground slave labor camp. Uh, Dora Middlebow, which was all overseen by Von Braun. So, you know, interesting. But it was cool that they tried to use, like, tried to draw some... uh, some uh, real life reference, I guess. Yeah. I mean, overall, movie was enjoyable. Definitely, if you're on the fence about it, I would go check it out. Seriously, I don't think you'll be disappointed. It does have a lot of nostalgia in it, but the key is you have to go into this movie knowing that it's not going to be Raiders. It's right. not going to be Last Crusade. Okay. Those are those movies. Okay. It's not going to be those. So it's don't. Not, it's not really trying to be. Well, it's exactly, but I think a lot of people that are kind of hating on it are hating on it because it is not those movies. Yeah. But those movies are '80s movies. They have a particular style. You yeah. are not going to get that in 2023. Yeah. Just go in, get your popcorn, get your drink, get whatever else, and just sit and watch the movie. I seriously think you will be entertained. It'll be a fun movie. Yeah, basically, if 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 you're if you're interested slightly, don't let any of the negative reviews stop you from seeing something you want to watch. Right. If, you, if you're not interested, then you're just not interested. But if you yeah. are, then wait till it comes to Disney Plus and then watch yeah. it then. Yeah. And then be mad that you didn't see it in the theater because it's the kind of movie you would want to see in the theater. Yeah, I kind of wish I went ahead and done the 40x. <laughs> right. I mean, it's definitely one you would want to. It seems like one you would want to see with a bunch of people. However, at 9:30 at night on a Sunday. I did not have that option. I had a private screening. Yeah. <laughs> so to speak. Shoot, I almost got back in town enough where I'll, I'll start to join you, but I'm like, I'm not going to make it. <laughs> yeah. No. But, yep. Um, let's see. Real quick, I've only got, I've got one more that I watched while I was on vacation on Netflix. It is a great animated uh, kids slash family movie called Nimona based on the graphic novel. When a knight in a futuristic medieval world is framed for a crime he didn't commit, the only one who can help him prove his innocence is Nomona, a mischievous teen who happens to be a shape-shifting creature he's sworn to destroy. So, basically, everybody's like knights and, you know, it's medieval times, but with cars. <laughs> like, with okay. future, like a futuristic version of the Middle Ages. So, you know, they've got futuristic swords and... And uh, things of that nature. And they'd still have like gladiator fighting type things, but it's more, fu- you know, futuristic, but they're still wearing their night gear and everything. Just pretty yeah. cool. I like, I like that kind of, you know, seeing that kind of world and what it looks like. The animation is sharp. It's very well done. It's different. It's not going to be something you see everywhere, which I really like that. Uh, it is, Written by Robert L. Baird, Lloyd Taylor, 
story by Pamela Ribbon, as we know from uh, My Year of Dicks, the director and creator of that. She helped yeah. with the story on that, so awesome for her. Um, Mark Hames, Troy Quanye, and it's based on the graphic novel by Nate Stevenson. Chloe Grace Moretz voices Namona Riz Ahmed, voices Ballister Boldhart. Eugene Lee Yang um, voices Ambrosius Golden Golden Lion. And Francis Conroy voices the director. So Beck Bennett uh, voices Sir Thaddeus Sherblade. And then RuPaul voices uh, RuPaul Charles Nate. Oh, sorry. RuPaul voices Nate Knight. So, yeah, it's a great cast. So it's basically these two knights are fighting and then he gets basically Balthasar gets framed for gets framed for a crime. And so now he's having he's in hiding because he's wanted mm-hmm. and they have this giant wall around the city to keep the monsters out because, you know, monsters bad, blah, blah, blah. Until Balthasar meets Nimona, who's, you know, like very precocious teen who then ends up helping him and to try and clear his name. She's very fascinated with heights and and uh, with him because she remembers watching him fight and. In doing so to try and help escape, she basically puts out that, hey, look, uh, she ends up shape-shifting into different animals and different things and even people. Right. And it trips it trips uh, Ballister out, and he's not sure what to do. And so it's pretty fascinating. Um, it's fun. It's, you know, it's it's a fun movie. It's very, again, the animation is very sharply done, very crisp. It looks really cool. And I saw one review. It's like it's basically just talking about how good the story is and how this animation is even better than some of the stuff Pixar has been putting out lately. Hmm. It's different animation, so I don't, it's kind of hard to compare because it's not the same. But yeah. it's a different style, which I think is very cool and very, you know, it's something different. And I, I really like it. Um, I'd like to see more like that. I think kids will like it. I think it's fun. There's an, you know, there's enough for pretty much all ages. I think uh, for like Grayson could watch it. And I think would like it because of the different shape shifting. York would like it because of the animation and the action that's in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of the negative feedback that's, I think, will stop some people from watching it, is because the two of the characters in it are um, same sex, and so there's. Uh, but the same sex love story is so such a small part of the story. I mean, it's like the most that happens is that they hold hands. That's like yeah. literally the most that happens. Like, I honestly don't even think they kiss in this entire movie, but because they're holding hands and it's, you know, you can draw from it that they're in a relationship until the scene where, um, Bowser gets framed, which then, you know, separates the two. Yeah. yeah, and then you don't see it again until like the end of the movie. So it's it's such a small part of this movie, but yeah, people are going to be there'll be a a group of people that aren't going to like that part of it. That will probably stop them from watching it or stop their kids from watching it. But I don't think that should be the reason because it is such a small part that most kids will just think they're like best friends. To be honest, right? Right. What I remember, yeah. So, anyways. I would highly recommend it. It's on Netflix. Check it out. I think you'll like it. Alrighty. 
So for my second, I watched uh, Past Lives. <clears throat> so a while back, I watched, uh, seen the trailer and and the movie, you know, movie theater saw the trailer, but I kind of forgot about it. So I was on Instagram and I saw trailer for it, which you know about the say about the Wednesday before I went to see Indiana Jones, and so since I got off work early, I decided to watch this prior to watching Indy Five, and it's an A twenty four movie. I kind of forgot okay. about that aspect, but it's A twenty four, and it's not one of those weird, right? Just <laughs> it's a normal, it's a normal you know, yeah, normal. not as normal as possible. <laughs> they dab on that from time to time, I hear. Yeah, um, but this was released July seventh, runtime of an hour and thirty five minutes, uh, directed by Celine, well, directed and written by Celine Song, and it stars Greta Lee as Na Young and Nora, but I refer to her as Nora. Um, uh, T O U is Hai Sung. And John Magaro is Arthur. So this is about Nora and Haesung, two deeply connected childhood friends, are wrested apart after Nora's family immigrates from South Korea. 20 years later, they are reunited for one fateful week as they confront notions of love and destiny. So when the movie starts off, we have a first-person perspective, and we see three people sitting at a bar, and a couple that's off-screen is trying to figure out the dynamics of their relationship. So you have um, Korean male, Korean female, and then an American Caucasian male. So they're like, well, all right, the Korean couple, they're a couple, and this is like their friend, or, you know, like and they're like, no, they're not really talking like they would normally do if they were a couple. So, so maybe they're a brother and sister that are touring, and this is their tour guide, what have you. But, um, but anyway, we flash back. About 24 years prior to this event, and Nora and Hai Sung, their best friends, they walk each other home from school every day. And on this day, Nora's crying. Usually, she like she's real smart. She's usually like the top student grade wise. But on this day, Hai Sung actually gets better grades than her, and she doesn't take it too well. Like she's literally heartbroken by this. And he's kind of like, in a way, taking it as, I guess, like not like like you know, little gameish like like. So you're always number one. So the one time I'm number one, you can't hate, you can't handle it. You know, just kind of joking. Yeah. But Nora and her family are preparing to immigrate from South Korea to Canada. And so at this point, uh, Sung doesn't know about it. So um, when Nora goes home, she's talking to her mom and she reveals to her that she likes Sung, Like they, she really likes him to the point that she feels like he's going to marry her. And so her mom's like, how do you know for sure? Like, well, he'll do whatever I say, <laughs> basically. And um, so she sets up a play date for them. And while they're playing, she's talking to Sung's mom and reveals to them that they're going to be leaving soon, headed to Canada, which surprises the mom because, you know, she's like, you know, you're and your husband are successful. Why are you leaving? And it's like, well, you know, there's only so much we can do here. So we want better opportunities outside of here. And so then Nora reveals to her friends the same thing, but she's more like happy about it. She's not protesting it. You know, same thing, like, you know, it's better opportunities than being here. And Hai Sung overhears it, which she doesn't really like to hear because, you know, he likes her and she's leaving. Like, what's up? So this walk home ends up being like a real silent one. And the only thing he manages to say to her is goodbye before they split. Because they have like a split where she goes upstairs to her house and he keeps straight. Yeah. And, um, so he calls her name out and just says bye. And that's literally the last time they talk to each other. So 12 year jump and Hai Sung has joined the military, but he's completed his time 
Now he's planning on going to school to learn a new language. And Nora has made her way to New York to pursue writing. Um, then after a conversation with her mom, uh, her mom starts brings up High Sung. Like, you remember that boy that you liked with before we moved and blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah, that was so long ago. So as a joke, she goes on Facebook to try to look him up. And she finds him. But to her surprise, she realized he's been trying to find her. So 12 years has passed and he's been posting on, making posts trying to figure out where she's at. Yeah. And so, you know, she's like, all right. So she reaches out to him via fa- um, friend request, and which he accepts. And then they connect, reconnect over Skype. And they start chatting every day. You know, they make time for each other, have conversations. Then this conversation, you know, she asks him, like, hey, then you can visit New York, come see me. And then he's moved to China. And so she's like, why don't you visit, you know, come back home. Well, no, he's still in South Korea. So it's like, why don't you come back home and visit me? But they each have prior commitments that doesn't allow them to commit to this. So this kind of frustrates Nora. She's like, you know what? I don't think we should talk to each other for a while because obviously we're not going to meet. So it's just kind of pointless to talk. But, um, you know, he doesn't argue. He agrees. So in the time that they don't talk, she ends up going to a writing retreat and she meets someone and they kind of hit it off. And then Haesung meets a girl when he does, he ends up moving to China. He meets a girl and they start dating. So we end up doing another time jump of 12 years. So at the retreat, Nora meets Arthur, who's an author. <laughs> Arthur, the uh, author. Yeah. So she she's become a playwright. And he's an author. They marry and. To her knowledge, Haesung is dating, has a girlfriend. But Haesung reaches out to her, said he's going on vacation to New York and wants to meet up. So they do. And then from there, the story kind of plays out where, you know, uh, Nora's husband, Arthur, is like, you know, y'all have been friends for so long. This is the first time y'all have seen each other. I'm not going to stand in the way if you're seeing him. You know, just reconnect. Yeah. Um, you know, he tells her that you know, he comes to New York to see you. And she said, no, he's here for, you know, vacation for whatever. So after the first encounter, you know, she comes back home. It's like, yeah, you're right. He's here to see me. <laughs> yeah. You know, because I mean, basically when they're, when they're around each other, it's just like they're the kids again. They're just right. they're chummy. And they just have that connection. And, you know, he reveals, I song reveals to Nora that him and his girlfriend aren't really seeing each other right now. They're taking a break because she's, they're talking about marriage and he's not sure. Obviously, it's because he's still kind of holding on to maybe them two can work it out. But he also knows that Nora's married. So he's kind of, you know, playing playing that line. And, um, you know, and then the trailer show they actually meet. Um, it's kind of weird for them to interact. But um, but you, you just see, like, you know, they start talking about, you know, what if 20 years ago your family never left and you're still here? Maybe we'd still be together or we would have dated yeah. Either long term or short term, we'd hate each other. You know, we never know what happened. Um, you know, like everything basically just happened the way it was supposed to happen based on the decisions that were made, type of deal. Um there's a it was a good I don't know, it's kinda like a like what I wonder, like you know, if you're dating someone, you got friends with opposite sex, how does that work? Like can it can you balance it without right. it being an issue type deal? Um but um it was a good exploration of that. Um but, you know, it just raises questions like, you know, some decisions you made in the past, if you'd done things differently, how would things be different now? 
And they even bring a point like, you know, what if this this that's happening now is like a past event, and then our next life we might actually have something type. Right. But uh, you know, I felt like it was well acted. The shot well. Uh, the time they're in South Korea, they're actually speaking that language, so subtitles in the beginning. Okay. And then when she moves to New York, you know, she's primarily speaking English, but then because she's been doing that so long, some of her Korean is kind of rough, you know. She's right. just, um, uh, her husband, Arthur, trying his best to learn as much about her, so he's even learning the language and taking on some of the culture, like the food, and, you know, he's really open, like it's not awkward. You know, they're not weird. You know, not, it's just a real yeah. natural thing. Um, but overall, I thought it was a good movie. Cool. <laughs> good, good entry to A24's lineup. <laughs> and if I think it's worth watching. Either mm-hmm. in the theater or you wait until it pops up on where a, a, A24 movies usually pop up. <laughs> right. Yeah. Sure. Well, you know, it's all about balance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I really enjoyed it. I'm glad I got to watch it. <laughs> to give you Bo is Afraid. Okay. And now we're going to give you past lives. Yes. Yep. Bo's Afraid is available to buy, but I'm waiting for it to come to be available to rent so I can finally watch it. Okay. So hopefully it hasn't given like a a date yet as to when, because usually it's like, you know, purchase now, then it's available for, you know, available to rent on this date. And it hasn't given me that yet. And I'm kind of, that's kind of irritating. Surprised it hasn't happened yet. Been, been right. long enough. That's kind of what I was thinking. Or if it's like, or if it is available, you know, like you could buy it for twenty five or rent it for twenty. I'm like, mm, nah. Yeah. <laughs> or I can, or I can just wait. Yeah, it just. Uh, oh, here we go. Tomorrow, available to rent tomorrow. So oh, there, there we go. go. I finally get around to watching it. Okay. Cool. Um, this week, the big one. Mission Impossible 7, Part 1. Sorry, Dead Reckoning, Part 1. Yep. So we're going to see 60-year-old Tom Cruise running around. <laughs> and he's going to be running. <laughs> no, you know it. Running and skydiving So off a cliff. So the less I know about this movie, the better. All I know is Henry uh, Chesney from the first one that played Kittrich makes a return. So... He was a great villain in that one, so I can't wait to see him pop up in this one again. Yeah. I'm very excited. I am actually going to see it tonight at 7 at IMAX because I got a thing from Regal saying, hey, we're going to do this. You want you want to get tickets? I'm like, yes, I do. Don't mind <laughs> if I do. You know? <laughs> right on time. Yep. So. Yeah. And I'll be going that. tomorrow night after work. Okay. There you go. Yep, yep. We will be very excited to uh, talk about it next week. Uh, real quick, I'm just going to rattle off some TV because we haven't really talked TV in a while. Um, new season of Jack Ryan. Also, sadly, the final season of Jack Ryan yep. has started. They're up to, uh, uh, they didn't drop them all like they did last time. Um, they're staggering like two at a time, it seems like. So last week they dropped two, this week they've dropped two. So we're up to episode four out of seven, I believe. I believe I have to double check that. And then uh, Idris Elba's new series on Apple TV Plus, Hijacked. Not bad so far. I've actually been watching that. Yep, not bad. I'm digging it. Uh, Silo wrapped up. Yep. First season. Just I think that. we might have briefly talked about it. That was a nice little bow for season one. Yep. Ready. Uh, and it has been renewed for a season two. 
good. Yep. I need to be happy about that. As I'm, as am I. It's, you know, curious to see how it goes. There's so many, so there's so many directions it can go. <laughs> I mean, it's wide open. Yep. For yep. that's. Uh, and then the crowded room with Tom Holland. I've been watching too. Is uh, I think episode seven is out. Yeah. So I think that's about to wrap up for too long. It's not yeah. bad. It's interesting. It's. I still don't know where it's going. <laughs> Nobody. Does. I don't think they do. But it's 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 interesting to watch them. Yeah. Some great acting in it. So um, it's what's keeping me on board because otherwise I'm like, eh. yeah, yeah. You know, story's kind of see how it plays out. Wonky. We'll yep. Yeah, but yeah, I mean the performances. I didn't watch the recently released one, but the one before that, I was like, okay, yeah. it's just kind of going where I thought it might be going. Yeah. But um. Same. We'll see. Yep, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, Shiny Happy People about the Duggar family. It's I've a heard of that. I haven't watched it. It's a three, three or four episode docuseries on Amazon Prime. That is very uh, interesting. We'll just go with it. It's very interesting, very insightful, very also kind of sad. Um, okay. As to what all is going on there. Um, then the two Hillsong docuseries. Uh, shows one is on HBO Max or just Max now. Uh, Hillsong, a mega church exposed. That one I'm not finished yet because Ruth got to watching it with me, and now we're trying to watch it together. So since I couldn't finish watching that, I went onto Hulu and watched the entire one that Hulu did called okay. The Secrets of Hillsong. So very, uh, very interesting, you know. In just uh, yeah, it's very uh, it's very very interesting look at mega churches and the people that run them and you know the drama behind it. So very yeah. those are what I've from recent memory what I can remember what I've been watching. I have not been keeping a list this year as well as I did last year. So yeah, um, how have you um, been watching Secret Invasion anymore? Yes, and I have been watching Secret Evasion. See, I'm gonna forget that one too. But yeah, Secret Evasion. I'm curious to see where this is going. Um, I think I saw someone comment that it seems like Miss, like Carol Danvers, was supposed to be in this, and they just just took her out because it's really her story to tell, as much if not maybe more yeah. than Nick. But True. I mean, it's still good. I'm still enjoying it, but yeah, it's it's. It's fine so far. Again, like you said, didn't see where it's going to go. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, I've been seeing some people's r- thoughts, rumors about, you know, because there's talking about scrolls, like who who is and who isn't. And after the most recent one, people have an idea on who is, but I'm not. I'm still not quite sure. Yeah. I mean, like, I mean, I, it wouldn't surprise me just because of some of the conversations had. But I'm like, I don't know. I'll talk about it. Off. Okay. Yep. Um. Then also, Reservation Dogs season three premiere August second. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Uh, the morning show uh, for those that have been watching that on Apple TV Plus, new season comes out in September, I think. Okay. So not too too long. And I forgot well, there's another show that's coming out like next month that I was excited for, but I forgot what it was. But yep, yep, a lot going on. So that is true. Um, I think we'll wrap this one up in a neat bow and yep. uh, 
go put it in a crate, put it on a, <laughs> put it on the thing, have it stored away in the warehouse. Yeah. <laughs> the rest of the episode with the other 203 episodes. All the artifacts. Uh, yep. Well, pretty soon you and I will belong in a museum. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but thankfully not today and not tomorrow. <clears throat> all right. From uh, both of us, thank you all for listening. And we will talk to you all next week if you choose to accept it. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed our show and have a moment, please rate and review. It helps us out a lot. Also, recommend us to someone that enjoys movies or also has kids. You can find us on Twitter at PA Movie Podcast and on Instagram at Parental underscore advisory underscore movie underscore pod. Be sure to join our Facebook group, Parental Advisory Movie Podcast, and join in on the fun.